People of Blackport, comrades, brothers and fellow sufferers of the fascist administration, <laughs> the unemployed, single parents, parentless children, old age pensioners suffering from hypothermia, those of you who couldn't afford the bus fare here, those of you who can't even afford the bus fare home, those of you who are victims of malnutrition, those of you harassed by the DHSS, subjected to the right-wing extremist fascist press, people living near a nuclear reactor, impoverished miners and health workers, and Irish freedom fighters. Welcome to the Radioactive Fun Day. <laughs> the Radioactive Fun Day on the promenade at Sunny Blackport. Yay! And as you can hear, we've got a large crowd having a fun time with us here in Blackport. Yay! And the crowd here is so stupid that every time I say the word Blackport, then they give a loud cheer and that's pretty stupid. <laughs> but at least they're not stupid enough to cheer when I play a trick on them and shout something like Black Keith. Yay! Now then, I'd like to know if there's anyone in the crowd from Morecambe. That. But how about from Manchester? Yeah. Taiwan? Yeah. Alright, you smart asses, how many from Yin Yong Pong in China? Yeah. Well, that's funny because there's no such place as Yin Yong Pong. Yeah. Right, it's clearly going to be impossible to get through the show if you're going to keep cheering every time I say Blackport. Yeah. Not to mention Morecambe, yeah. Manchester, and Yin Yong Pong, which doesn't even exist. So, is there anyone here from Scunthorpe? Right, welcome to Scunthorpe. <laughs> and let's hear the first word of the afternoon from Nigel Pry over at the swimming pool. Hello, everyone! <laughs> We're having fun. We're all having fun. What? We're all having is fun. We're having fun. We're all having fun. On Radio Atlantis Fun Day. I'm having fun. <laughs> He's having fun. And she's having fun. And we're having fun. They're all having fun. What are we having? Fun! We're having fun. We're all having fun. On Radio X is Sunday. This thing from the police wishing Radioactive all the best for their fun day. Hi, this is Pamela Stevenson saying good luck to all at Radioactive for your fun day. Hello, this is Frank Sinatra saying hope all goes well at the fun day and best wishes to everyone at Radioactive. <laughs> this is Prince Charles. And Princess Diana. And Prince William. Saying <laughs> good luck to everyone at Radioactive fun day. Hi, this is Pope John Paul saying... <laughs> All the very best for your Radioactive Fun Day. Well, Radioactive, always a station for the kids, and it's time now to join Uncle Mike Stan, the kiddies' favourite, who we believe is uh, up to something down at the toddler's paddling pool. Uncle Mike Stan! Hooray! Uh, Uncle Mike Stan here, and right now I'm larking around in a pair of swimming trunks with a number of small children. <laughs> I see. Uh, any particular reason, Mike? Well, it, it's all part of the kiddies' fun day, Mike. And if you could have seen me just a moment ago splashing around underneath the mass of writhing school kids, oh, you wouldn't have believed it, Mike. <laughs> I think I would have, actually, Mike. Uh, all the parents around the edge here watching, it's great. Well, well that should count in your defence. <laughs> Sorry, Mike? 
Yeah, well, anyway, lots of fun down here, and some reporters are just taking photos of me standing as I am in the middle of the pool in my swimming togs. <laughs> well, don't do anything silly with a microphone, will you, Mike? Oh, no. And, and they've asked me to jump into the air, so, so here we go, Mike. What? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Uncle Mike stand there, uh, as was, and uh, things are really beginning to hot up down there by the sounds of things. But uh, right now, let's turn our attention to something that uh, no fun day would be complete without, and that's the good old traditional bric-a-brac stall. And here behind the bric-a-brac stall is someone we're more used to seeing behind the uh, radioactive foyer, our own very lovely Lascivia. Hello, Lascivia. Hello, Mike. Uh, perhaps you could tell us a bit about the bric-a-brac stall this year. Well, Mike, let me first tell you a bit about the bric-a-brac stall this year. <laughs> uh, yes, why not? And why not, Mike? Quite. Well, Mike, the bric-a-brac stall is just full of your kind. I'm sorry? <laughs> just full of your kind donations. Ah, so uh, uh, why don't we take a look at one or two in particular? Look at one or two in particular, Mike. We see that there are still plenty of radioactive T-shirts and sweatshirts for sale at unbeatably low prices. Yes, these aren't really uh, bric-a-brac items, though, are they, Lissavia? Hello, Mike. <laughs> uh, hello, Lissavia. Uh, do you have any second-hand items like uh, vases or crockery or, or, or old postcards? Well, the radioactive T-shirts are just £2.95 in small, medium and large. Yes, I was wondering if there was any more conventional bric-a-brac, like uh, people's possessions. Well, not really, Mike. That's more the bric-a-brac stall. <laughs> yes, well, thanks, Lissavia. Bye, Mike. Uh, bye, Lissavia. Thank you. Uh, good. Well, uh, let's uh, go back and see how Uncle Mike's stand is uh, coming round. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I I've just come uh, out of the casualty tent, and uh, here's, here's a little girl with, with a prize. Uh, what's your name? Janet. Janet, great. And, and what have you won, Janet? A talking doll. Well, that's, uh, that's a very big doll, Janet. Uh, are you going to show us what it says? All right. Give it to me, give it to me, you sexy hunk of mail. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, uh, we're delighted to uh, have with us a group of local youngsters uh, inspired by the recent success of Musical Youth uh, playing for us now in the smaller marquee. It's Tuneless Brats. <laughs> object is competition. He's been showing an object to kids around the fair for the last half hour, and the news is that the police have just taken him off for questioning. But we hope to have him back with us shortly. Well, I'm to try my luck on the darts now. Three, please. There you are, madam. Here goes. Do I win? I'm afraid not. Shows are going to be donating their proceeds to Radioactive's annual Help a Local Junkie Appeal, in which we supply hard drugs to the needy. And doing 
his bit this afternoon is our own oh-so-daring Mike Hunt, who at this moment is being sponsored £100 per hour to sit in a pit of venomous snakes. Hello, Mike. How's it going? Oh, yes. Well, not so bad. And how long have you been there now? Oh, about two days. That's extraordinary. And what sort of deadly snakes are there, then? Oh, all sorts, really. Mm, It all sounds very dangerous. Writhing around there at the moment, are they? Uh, No, they're just lying there, actually. (laughs) Oh, uh, dozing, I suppose. Uh, No, they're more dead, really. (laughs) Dead? All right. Uh, Well, thanks, Mike. They wouldn't wouldn't be if they're alive, would I? I mean, they might bite me. Yes. Well, uh, keep it up, Mike. Well, it's a bit boring now, really. Join you again shortly. I'll be here for another five days, yeah. Uh, Will you? Good money, £100 an hour. Jolly good. Well, so much for that. We'll move about a bit. We're having fun. We're all having fun. Our radio act is Monday. Let's see what's happening elsewhere at the fair. And right now it's time for today's competition, and in today's competition I'm going to ask our competitor to give me in 30 seconds as many countries as he can think of, beginning with a particular letter. And to play the competition, I've got a young man called Philip Hall who's just come up on the stage here, and I wish people at home could see him, because he's certainly given me something to laugh at. (laughs) Right, Philip, ready? Yes. Okay, 30 seconds to name as many countries as you can, beginning with the letter C. Go. Uh, China. What? China. Krona, that's not a country, it's a type of margarine. No, China. Angina, it's an illness. Um, still on? Yes, it's still on. 15 seconds left. Greece. Greece begins with G. Uh, Canada. Crete. Uh, Can you have Greece? No, no, I've just told you it begins with G. No, Crete. Cheat, who's a cheat? Five seconds left. Oh, I give up. And time's up. Well, <laughs> couldn't you think of any, Philip? Yes, China, Ceylon, Canada and Crete. Yes, it's funny, I can always think of them when the game's over, isn't it? Well, <laughs> chance now to hear some of our very own homegrown drama, because the actors are all raring to go in another absolutely live edition of our exciting drama serial. We present the murder of Jane Llewellyn Jones. Episode 3. Inspector Jefferson and Sergeant Black have traced the boots found by the side of a woman's horribly mutilated and unrecognisable corpse to Reuben Goldberg, a cobbler, who has told them that he sold it to a Dr. Alistair McGregor, who they find in Edinburgh. Yes, I am. Dr. McGregor? Yes, I am. I'm Inspector Jefferson. And this is Sergeant Black. I'm Inspector Jefferson, and this is Sergeant Black. Come through into my garden. You'll find it's quieter there. Oh, yes, very peaceful. Uh, What can I do for you? We're calling about a woman. Murdered? We're calling about a woman who has been murdered. Murdered? By who? Why? How? Not so fast, Doctor. (laughs) We have reason to believe she knew you. Me? Yes, you. (laughs) We found your boot. My boot? Yes, Dr. McGregor. One of your size 11 boots, and made by Reuben Goldberg. But I don't understand. Pardon my interrupting, Doctor. We're investigating all possible suspects, and I'm afraid to say that you are definitely one of them. That one of them. <laughs> one of them. 
Well, those boots went missing a few days ago. It may sound incredible, but I think they were taken by ah. <laughs> He's been shot. It came from behind the edge. There's no one there. It's completely quiet and deserted. <laughs> Is he? I'm afraid so, Inspector. Dead? <laughs> uh, I'm afraid so, Inspector. That was episode three of The Murder of James Llewellyn Jones. <laughs> Listen again next... <laughs> and over to Mike Channel, who is now, I believe, in the very small marquee. Well, uh, of course, an event like this demands an enormous amount of food and drink to be laid on, and the quality of all the refreshment this afternoon has been quite outstanding. And the woman responsible is here with me now, uh, Mrs. Eva Spinetti. Uh, now, Mrs. Spinetti, you've catered for a fair number of functions in the past, but I bet you've, you've had to make uh, more teas and sandwiches this afternoon than ever before, am I right? <laughs> Well, uh, that's a knowing laugh. Uh, does, that, uh, does that mean you have? <laughs> well, you uh, obviously keep pretty light-hearted about the whole thing. Um, how long have you been in the catering business? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Mrs. Spinetti, are you understanding anything I'm saying to you? Uh, yes, well, uh, maybe I can have a word with your assistant here. Uh, excuse me, sir, do you speak English? Yes. Ah, excellent. Uh, what is your name? What is your name? Uh, no, I'm asking you, what is your name? No, I'm asking you, what is your name? Uh, no, I don't no, want you to repeat. I don't I'm... want you to no, repeat. No, no, shut up. Uh, the, the, the chef, maybe I could speak to him. Uh, excuse me, do you speak English? Uh, yes, I'm Italian, but I speak very good English, French and Spanish also. My word, that does sound impressive. So, uh, could you tell us a little bit about uh, how you prepare all this food? Oui, certainement. D'abord, on fait toutes les calculations selon les écrits. Now it's time for Radioactive's of old people who never go out of their homes, never go to the shops or to the library. Perhaps the only pleasure they get is from watching television. Chances are they haven't even been able to get out to the post office and buy a television license. And that's where you can help. If you know any old people like this, then tell us at the post office and we'll send a television detective van round to that. <laughs> He was the greatest superstar of them all. But what was the truth behind the myth, behind the legend? Now you can read the facts. In Mickey Mouse, the dirt behind the ears. <laughs> Serialized this week in the Daily Tit. Did the ears... <laughs> or were they pushed? How come he had no kids and a high voice? What did he and Bugs Bunny do, like rabbits? Was Minnie Mouse a transvestite? Did pot ruin Donald Duck's throat? You'll find the answers in Mickey Mouse, the dirt behind the ears. When you really care for someone, when you want someone to be happy. When you want someone to feel that they're somebody special. When you want someone to feel the sort of something special that only something extra special will make them feel. 
Then there's only one very special thing that you can give them. Honest Ron's disposable handtowels. Honest Ron, honest Ron, the others are a con. Honest. So, without further ado, it's over to Uncle Mike Stand for news of the tombola. Yes, indeed, Mike. Well, we've just pulled out the three winning numbers and we've asked people to put their addresses on the back so we'll know just who's won what. So, let me tell you that the third prize, that's a bottle of Nina Rishi perfume and a makeup kit, has been won by Mr. Arnold Hughes of Biggleswade. Uh, the second prize, a Philip Sunray lamp and sun bed goes to Mr. and Mrs. Ishmael and Esmir Biryani of Half. <laughs> First prize, the crate of Glenfiddich whiskey, of course, goes to Mr. Simon Davis of Cheltenham, Gloucestershire, age seven. Oh, we're having fun, we're all having fun, our radio act is fun day. Well, with me now is the winner of our Adamant Lookalike competition. You are... Stuart. Stuart, right. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself, Stuart. What do you do? I'm a singer. On the pub circuit. Yeah, no, TV, concerts, the works. And uh, what's your surname, Stuart? Uh, God, old, but my stage name's Adamant. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Well, uh, you've just won a radioactive car sticker by looking like yourself. Yeah, I'm well pleased. Uh, last year I came fourth. <laughs> Fine, well, let's pass on to the winner of the Elvis Presley lookalike competition. Uh, what's your name? Well, he's not answering, so let me tell you that he is, in fact, David Jones of Norwood, and it's incredible that some people go to to win a radioactive T-shirt. Coming to you locally, wherever you are in the nation, this is Britain's first national local radio station, Radioactive. Uncle Mike stand here again, and here at the Kiddies Corner, we've been giving out lots of presents to all lovely little children who've come along today. Uh, let's hear a big hello from all you kiddies with prizes, OK? One, two, three. Hello. Uh, hello, here's, here's a lovely little boy. Um, what's your name? Alexander. <laughs> Isn't he sweet? Uh, do, 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 do all your friends call you Alex? No, they call me Alexander, my name, like I just told you. <laughs> yeah, super. Uh, so so what's, what's, what's your present, Alexander? That's better. Well, it's a book, isn't it? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Golly, a book. Aren't you lucky? No, I've already read it. Oh, did, did you like it? No. Well, there are lots of lovely drawings and pictures to look at anyway, aren't there? Don't patronise me, you condescending little sh- You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK, right. Uh, are, there, are there any kids in the audience who want to come up and sing Teddy Bear's Picnic? Come on. Look, if you go down to the woods... And... Come on. Now, up you come. And here I've got a lovely little boy and a lovely little girl, and uh, they've been terribly brave, and they've come up here to sing Teddy Bear's Picnic for us, haven't you? No? no? Don't you know Teddy Bear's Picnic? No, we don't. We'd like to sing something else. Oh, come on. Everyone knows Teddy Bear's Picnic. I'll, I'll sing it with you, OK? If you go down to the oh, woods... We'd like to sing something else. OK, all right. Uh, off you go, then. <laughs> Great. Ah, oh, fun. Uh, well, the uh, answer's now to the Guess the Weight of an Adapter competition, uh, just uh, newly conceived, and it's uh, congratulations to Mark Skinner, who got third prize for his guess of eight stone three pounds, uh, to Adrian Thompson, who came second with her guess of eight stone five pounds, but the uh, first prize of a book token and a copy of an Adapter's workout album uh, goes to Martin James, who was spot on with his guess of 14 stone nine. So... <laughs> Many congratulations to him and uh, commiserations to Anna. Radio Red 
Bunches of dogs, only 20 pence, best fun day value. Red Jesus. Well, that's a familiar sound at any fairground. Uh, men like Reg are out in all weathers, giving the public what they want, which in this case is hot dogs. Now, tell me, Reg, is there an art to making a good hot dog? Indeed, Michael. The art is getting a sausage into the bowl. <laughs> That's an art, is it? Absolutely. You have to lift the sausage out of the brine and drop it into the roll. If it fails to land in the roll, it tends to bounce off the stool and onto the ground, what we in the trade call a miss. <laughs> miss. Miss. Oh, cock up. <laughs> Very bad news. <laughs> Nobody wants a sausage covered in mud. Absolutely, Michael, which is why you must wash it before you have another go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding you there, Michael. Little joke. <laughs> <laughs> What about the sausage itself? What about the sausage itself? Well, a lot of people wonder exactly what sort of meat goes into it. Really? <laughs> yeah, so what sort of meat is it? It's, it's meat, uh, from animals. <laughs> Any particular animals? No, the animals aren't particular. Once they're dead, they don't mind where they are. Is it beef? Did this hot dog I've got here come from an Aberdeen Angus? Ah, uh, maybe Angus, uh, maybe Jock or Kenny. I've, I've never revealed the uh, names of my sources, Michael. <laughs> come on, what is it? Beef, pork, lamb? Uh, can you put people's minds at rest? I'll put your mind at rest in a minute, Michael. <laughs> the thing is, Reg, I've just found these in my hot dog. Um, perhaps you can tell the listeners what they are. Yeah, uh, there are a couple of pieces of black pudding I've stuck in there for free. <laughs> they look suspiciously like a pair of blinkers to me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sorry, Michael. I dropped uh, my sunglasses in there by mistake. Well, unluckily for you, Reg, there's a mounted policeman patrolling the fun day, and I... Uh, no, there ain't. <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, yes. No, I think you'll find that he's on foot now, Michael. <laughs> well, a few minutes ago, we received a note asking if Mike Channel would shave off his beard for £2,000. Well, Mike agreed very kindly, and I believe he's almost finished. Mike. Well, I'm um, uh, just reaching the final stages now. Let's go off. Bit left under the chin. There we go. God, uh, feels funny after 15 years with a beard. Still all for £2,000, so I guess it's worth it. Ah, well, that seems to have been a slight mix-up over that, Mike. We're just sorting it out now. Uh, what sort of mix-up is that? Well, we thought it said, would you shave your beard off for two grand? But it appears it continues over leaf. And what does it say? Would you shave your beard off for two granddaughters of mine who think you'd look really stupid without one? <laughs> well, I'm now wending my way into the tiny tent. Madame Zaza, you're a so-called palmist, but I'll go into this with an open mind. From reading my palm, what can you tell about me? Well, let me see. You work in communication. Well, obviously. You're 35. Yes, that's not a bad guess. You've been divorced twice? Well, uh... Is it true? Uh, uh, yes, uh, but it's something I'd ra rather Your not... Your father's eat. a child molester. <laughs> you were interfered with at the age of six. Yes, thank you, uh, Madame Zaza. TV series Fame made quite an impact last year with its stories set in drama and music school, following the fortunes of five talented young would-be stars. Soon you'll be able to see Foam, the story of five talented young firemen, uh, Farm, the story of five talented agricultural students, and now from the local school of speech, drama and conceptual needlework, we have Fume, the story of five talented trainee firemen. Um, calling themselves the kids from Fume, here's their unassuming little debut number, modestly entitled Me. Ecstasy, magical poetry, lovelier than love can be. 
Wonderful. That's me. <laughs> This is where you start paying for it. Now, take off your dress and lie on that couch. Put on these blushes for me, will you, while I tie your legs around Don't the back. Just before we say goodbye from sunny uh, Scunthorpe, we'd like to apologise for a few slight typing mistakes in the programme. Uh, some of you may have come expecting to see Haircut 100. Uh, this, in fact, should have read Haircut 10 o'clock. That's, uh, <laughs> that's uh, a hairdressing demonstration at 10 o'clock. Uh, Fun Boy 3 is not the group, but a competition at 3 to find the most amusing boy. And uh, fair to be opened by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II uh, should have read there are toilet facilities at the back of the tea tent. Sorry. About that. Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Pope, and Michael Fenton Stevens. Music was by Philip Pope, and the programme was written by Angus Deaton and Jeffrey Perkins, with additional material from John Cantor, Roger Planer, Anthony Nicholson, Maury Hunter, and John Doherty. The producer was Jamie Ricks.